listeners, welcome to Solid Saturdays, where we take a moment just to have a casual conversation that flows from the heart of God. Listen, this conversation will inspire you and you will receive prayer that will empower you to have a solid weekend and an even better week. Now get ready because we're about to dive in. All right. Well, welcome back to another Saturday of Solid Saturdays Prayer and Inspiration. I am super excited about today's episode. You know, honestly, I think I say that every week. I'm really excited, but it's the truth. I really am excited because it is my purpose and my goal with every episode to talk about things that really relate to what people are going through right now. And it's not things that are normally talked about, whether it be in a church setting or whatever. It's like these hidden things that we struggle with or hidden things that we think about, or maybe we don't even think about, but it's to bring awareness so that whatever you're able to grab from this podcast, that's what I'm going to try to give to you guys. So I'm always excited with that goal in mind. And honestly, when When I began this podcast, the Lord was telling me, why do we need to talk about safe topics when people are dealing with real things? So that is my goal to talk about real things because y'all are dealing with real things. So that's what we're going to talk about today. As you see with the topic, men and masturbation, men and masturbation. So I have the pleasure of having a very, very, very good friend. Actually, he exceeds the friend. He's like my, well, he is my brother. I'm not going to say like my brother. He is my brother. And if y'all able to see this, he is nodding his head. Yes, this is my older brother. And I'm so happy to have him on. We've known each other for over 20 years. Gotta be. Time flies when you're having fun or either when you're fighting. Either or. We've done both. (laughs) So I'm not going to prolong with this big introduction. I'm going to introduce y'all to my brother, Pastor Burt. Pastor Burt, welcome. Thank Thank you you for having me, Pastor Tiff. It's good to to be on here on your Solid Saturday uh, podcast. It's my privilege and my honor. Uh, I'm I'm excited to share whatever experiences that I have so that somebody else listening can maybe identify with it and maybe mature from it, grow from it, conquer it, whatever the case may be. Yeah, yeah. I'm really looking forward to that, too. So before we get started diving into this topic, because I know the listeners are waiting to hear what you have to say. And let me tell y'all, he has something to say. Every time my big brother opens up his mouth, he's going to say something. He's going to have yeah, something to say yeah. and something to say to make you think whether you like it or not. He's going to say it. and he says it so respectfully, like you have to think about it after the fact that you mad at him because he said what he said, but (laughs) you don't even know that he's checking you for real, for real. But can you introduce yourself for everybody that may not know you? For those of you that may not know me, my name is Roberto Carlos Cintron, born in the beautiful city of Passaic, New Jersey, moved down to Florida a long time ago. I am the proud husband of one wife, Sharinika L. Cintron. We have two beautiful daughters, uh, my oldest, Riani, and my youngest, Riley. I am a simple man. I work for the city of West Palm Beach as a sanitation equipment operator. That's just a big name for a garbage man. That's it. I love God. I was born basically the epitome of a church boy. I was in church even before I was born and had no other choice but to be a church boy, being dragged to rehearsals and things of that sort. I am a third generation pastor now, but officially in June. But most importantly, I just love God and I love people. That's that's, that's me in a nutshell. I just yes. love God and I love people. And, you know, that's it. 
And I can attest to that. He really does love people. I can be that little sister that asks him, why are you doing this? But he sees beyond <laughs> and does it because he really has a genuine love for people. We're going to dive right in into this topic. Let's go. So we're talking about masturbation today. And mm-hmm. I was just having like a pre-conversation with Pastor Bird. And I'm like, this topic will make people uncomfortable. But I'm like, it's so needed because masturbation today is such a big deal and you always have an awareness where okay people are masturbating especially with the pandemic it was a way for them to relieve stress or whatever the case may be but what really triggered me is how the world is trying to make it normal Mm -hmm. and as a matter of fact they're saying I guess whoever these people that are posting things, WebMD, all the Mm -hmm. things that we look on the Internet, they're saying that it's not harmful to your physical or emotional nature. Is they're saying that it's actually (laughs) has a number of physical and mental benefits, like helping with stress or helping you feel good about your body. And although we're not talking about women today, they also say that it helps women not have bad menstrual cramps. Right. I think that just that just speaks to the the time frame where we live at and where we're at now in culture and society that although and I'll be bluntly honest, and I know some of y'all probably gonna be like a pastor saying this, ugh, mm-hmm. but this is the truth. It could be clinically true. There could be medical research that proves that this is so normal, but you have to understand the context in which we live in, the culture and the society in which we live in, because 30 years ago. It was not normal. Mm-hmm. It was taboo. Nobody was talking about it. God forbid you brought it up in your household. So, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, it all speaks to the time frame and the culture and the society in which we live in now. That makes it normal. You get mm-hmm. what I'm saying? There is no judge. I'm not passing any judgment to anyone, you know, because, again, this is from a sobering vantage point that I'm giving you this again, because I've lived through it and I'm living through it in the sense that there are effects that come from this. You know what I'm saying? For so long, and Tiff, I'm sorry, I'm just running with it now. You know, no, but for so run long, with it. Run oh, with for it. so long, we <laughs> have we have allowed society to teach us about a Bible principle that was established by the God that we serve. Mm-hmm. So the perspective in which we may be focusing on today is going to be a perspective that most people won't understand because they were taught by society and not the word. That is so true. This is how I came across it, where it literally triggered something in me, because as many of you listeners know, I do have a son and I'm one of those involved moms where I like to do a lot of research, look for books and things like that, that help him out in his development. And Mm -hmm. one of these books that I'd actually purchased was speaking to these boys that read these books saying Mm -hmm. that, oh, This is what masturbation is. And don't worry about it. It's normal. If you do it, then fine. And if you don't, then fine. It's absolutely normal. It's a part of development. And like I said, I feel that it's it's normalized because of the current environment of our culture, where we're being your true self and being open about who you are is a normal thing. And although there are parts of it that are great and helpful, there are other parts that can be categorized as maybe too much or too revealing. So a part of my testimony was that for 10 years, I was addicted to pornography. And that's how I was introduced to masturbation. Prior to that, I hadn't had any knowledge of masturbation or anything remotely sexual, right? I had my first kiss at nine years old, but I never moved past that because Mm -hmm. growing up in the Pentecostal holiness upbringing, kissing got you pregnant and sex got you a speed pass to hell, right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. anytime anything sexually would come about, I'd run from it. 
until I became addicted to porn and then was introduced to masturbation. I love that. It was so important that you actually connected the two, how you got into masturbation by way of pornography. And they are linked in so many different ways where I know that a lot of people have that same testimony. So tell me this, Pastor Bert, what makes masturbation abnormal? Back in the day, I'm sure it changed now. But one definition for self-abuse, hear me, one definition for self-abuse was masturbation. I'm sure that with the changing of the times that you won't see that as a definition anymore. Mm -hmm. But why was it important for the person who created the dictionary to make masturbation a definition for self-abuse? You know what? People need to hear that because they don't think of it like that, especially when it's presented in a way where, no, this is something that will benefit you. As with the worship of any like of any small God, G-O-D, masturbation has its own fetish objects and rituals and almost puts you in a trance like progression toward the peak of climax. Mm. Does that sound normal to you? Psychic effects, emotional deprivation, damaged sensibility, self-gratification, control of the mind. Does any of that sound normal to you? Mm. These are the things and these are the effects that masturbation will have on you. Men, women in between. It don't matter who you are. Black, yeah. white, red, yellow, green, blue. Masturbation often becomes a source of life and peace. Oh, my. Especially for those who have lived through tough times. I'll say it oh again. Cause I'm sure because I'm, sure, I'm sure somebody I'm sure somebody is going to be like, now nah, you now nah, you going way off. But it's it is a coping mechanism, people. There you go. There you go. It's a That's exactly what it is. Because wow. in, in that time frame, when you're having that intimate moment with yourself, you're at your most. When are you at your most peaceful? When you're around people or when you're by yourself? Think about that. Mm -hmm. So it only adds on to that. So here's the thing. There are a lot of people that say that they're not Christian or whatever that are masturbating. But you mm -hmm. have a lot of believers as well that masturbate. No, I can and guarantee you. I can guarantee you that the, the greater percentage is the believers and not the non-believers. I can guarantee you that. I can yeah. bet money on that. Yeah. Um, so why do you why do you think that is or maybe you don't even have an answer to that question? Because oh, I got an answer. If we're <laughs> I knew you had an answer, <laughs> but I have, what I was going to say, I have an opinion. OK, but it's an answer to the question. It's an answer. Yeah. But what I was going to say is that as a believer, we're taught to believe that God is our life. He is our mm -hmm. peace. He's Jehovah Shalom. Right. Mm -hmm. So. Why would masturbation and, you know, OK, masturbation, but then other things that you are addicted to, like, say, sex, alcohol, that can also be a source of life and peace. How do you balance that when you say, OK, this is something that I'm proclaiming that Jesus, you are life and peace. But I got to go to this because this is really where it comes from. How can you trust something that you don't have any control over in the moments of master? You can control that because you're the one that drives the narrative. For people that do masturbate, they're not, they're not masturbating off of just the thin air. There's a focal point. So yeah. they are the ones that drive that narrative. You trust yourself. And even when you get into things like drinking, smoking, you, know, you put trust in those things. And those things are easier to trust because those things are more accessible in the time of struggle. Think about yeah. it. You're yeah. looking for an instant, immediate relief. Is it easier to reach out to God and touch God or is it easier to reach out and touch the bottle? Easier to reach out and touch the weed? Easier to reach out. To, you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's a psychological kind of thing there that it puts you in a mindset that this is a form of, of peace for me. It's a relief. It is a coping mechanism. And although I'm struggling with whatever in my life, I can always get to this. And I always feel that feeling of security. Mm -hmm. So that means that you trust that more than you trust God for the believer. Yeah. 
You know, I had to say that because I think that that's a whole mind game with some believers. I believe that they know that they shouldn't be doing it. And then they struggle in their relationship with God and faith. And sometimes you have many that just say, okay, I'm not going to change. I'm going to keep doing this. So why even pursue Jesus (laughs) if I can't break out of this? I think there is a misunderstanding because growing up, especially in the era that we grew up in, talking about sex in the church was so taboo that we stayed away from it and said, either you do it when you're married or that's it. And it's better for you to marry than to burn. And that was it. And it was like, but you never provided me any kind of contextual reason as to why I need to stay away from something that the Bible says is enjoyable between married people. Okay, now that sparks conversation. Okay, so now instead of asking God to send me that, send me a wife so I could, you know what I'm saying? Like my people perish for a lack of knowledge. When we don't know, we're going to die by what we do know. And again, when culture and society teaches us something that is a biblical principle, we're driven by that. And then when somebody comes with some kind of Bible, solid kind of fact, we say, oh, no, you're being too this or you're being too whatever. You're being too closed-minded. You're being too... And it's, that's not the case. It's just that we were taught wrong. How I found out about sex wasn't by the church. It was by me accidentally accidentally i didn't ask for it it was by me accidentally watching a pornography uh, a pornographic video so it's like when we're not doing our part as the church quote unquote then whatever thought process people come up with we can't charge that against them because we weren't doing our part to mm-hmm. tell them about the ins and outs of sex it's, I it's, love I mean, it. it bothers me now <laughs> as i'm an adult with kids it bothers me now because we were so focused on teaching righteousness that we forgot to teach about the other holistic things that make you a believer as well like your feelings, your emotions, your mental health, you mm-hmm. know, stuff like that. Now people want to pray away. Just pray about it. No, I need to pray and I need to go see a therapist too. You get Come what I'm saying? On. Like there's yes. so many different aspects. And I know we talk about masturbation, but it all falls into that. That if yes. we were taught correctly, I guarantee you the believers wouldn't struggle with it. They would talk about it more, but they wouldn't struggle with it privately. Mm-hmm. And let's be honest. Ooh, and I hope I don't make people run away or make people say that I'm a heretic Please. when I say this. But technically, the Bible nowhere specifically forbids or denounces masturbation. And I want somebody to find it for me if they find it. And for those of you that are listening, I will try to use Leviticus chapter 15 to plead your case. You don't have a case, per se, because Mm -hmm. even in the scripture, it wasn't talking about masturbation. It was talking about abnormal discharges from the body. Can you tell us what Leviticus 15 basically says? So Leviticus 15 says this. It says, when any man has a discharge from his member, he is unclean. Mm -hmm. Right. This is uncleanliness of his discharge. Whether his member secretes the discharge or retains it, he is unclean. Any bed the man with the discharge lies on will be unclean. Any furniture he sits on will be unclean. Anyone who touches his bed is to wash his clothes and bathe with water, and he will remain unclean until evening. Whosoever sits on the furniture that the man with the discharge was sitting on is to wash his clothes and bathe with water, and he will remain unclean until the evening. Whoever touches the body of the man with the discharge. This is not talking about a normal discharge like semen and blood. It is talking about an abnormal discharge like ones you would get from a disease, right? Let me jump down to 13. When the man with the discharge has been cured of it, he is to count seven days for his cleansing, wash his clothes and bathe his body in fresh water. He will be clean. Look at verse 14 though. He must take two turtle doves or two young pigeons on the eighth day, come before the Lord at the entrance to the tent of meeting and give them to the priest. The priest is to sacrifice them one as a sin offering and the other as a burnt offering. In this way, the priest will make atonement for him before the Lord because of his discharge. It is talking about abnormal discharge. 
It is not talking about when someone ejaculates or masturbates. Let's mm-hmm. get this clear. Because people will come to Leviticus 15 and say, oh, the Bible tells us. No, 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 no. You're supposed to make a sin atonement for the abnormal discharge. Now, here's where I'm catching it. Because I know some of y'all are probably like, what? The Bible does warn us against all forms of self-indulgence, adultery of the mind, and fornication. Yeah. So, you know. My next thing to go into, because I know that some people may have been thinking like, okay, but the Bible does speak about fornication. And so I want to get your thoughts on that as well. It does. It, it, it absolutely does. And I don't, I, I make no gripes about that. I just, I feel like for so long we were given certain scriptures and it was taken out of context that didn't really give definition yes. as to why I couldn't do what you say I can't do. Yes. I ain't got no problem following the word. You got to, but you got to make it make sense to me. Absolutely. And, and actually, especially that's... now in the generation that we live in, everybody's exactly. asking why, why exactly. not? Why are we doing this? For what reason? When we were growing up, we just did it because we were told to do it. But right. this next generation, they asking questions and we got to find it in the word. We have to find right. it in the word so that we can show them. Yeah, we shouldn't as a church be intimidated by them trying to find out why, because the thing is, when this generation finds out the why, when we answer their questions, mm-hmm. then they're going to probably be one of the fiercest generations that we ever seen when it comes to sharing their faith, because they have understanding. They want to live bold lives, but their bold lives have to make sense. So we can't back down or just say, because I said so or whatever, however right. else you shut down their question because all they're doing is trying to get understanding so that they can do what you're telling them to do. So Pastor Bert, we're going to have to cut it here. It's been so much information that we gave that I believe that can be valuable to people that may be struggling in this area, giving insight and understanding so that they can overcome it. But I want to tell y'all, y'all stay tuned for next week because we're just getting started. We have to go deeper and we're going to go deeper on the topic. We've also covered how us as the body of Christ, we can be beneficial to those that are struggling. It's really a transformation of the mind on both parts. So we really have to throw the judgment out the door and find out how we can live in God's will. And what is God's will? He wants us to live in unity. And there's so much division because we are divided based on judgment of the sins that our brothers are committing, our sisters are committing, so much so that we don't realize that, yes, they are our brothers and our sisters. And at the end of the day, we need to come together. We must find some common ground. What's the common ground? The common ground is the word of God. So let's just always have that at the forefront when we are serving one another, when we are living our lives for God. And the Bible says this, that we ought to present our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing unto God, for this is our reasonable act of worship. If you want to live a life of worship to God, then we got to choose to transform our minds, hallelujah, renew our minds so that we can be a better assistance to our brothers and sisters so that collectively we can go out into the world and compel men and women to come to Christ. Men and women are not going to come to Christ. Those that are lost are not going to come to Christ when we are all broken up in the church and we are broken up because there's so much judgment going on. So we're going to continue the conversation. It is my goal to bring truth in a way that you guys can hear. You ain't got to like it, but this is going to benefit you, right? 
So before we end this episode, let's just go forth in prayer and just cover everything that has been spoken under the blood of Jesus. So Father, we thank you. We bless you for this time that we had. God, we thank you even for your presence in this moment, God. I thank you that you are omnipresent. You are able to be here with me and also with those who are listening under the sound of my voice. And Father, right now, I pray, God, that you would surround them with your love, that you would surround them with your peace, that you would surround them with your joy. I pray that you will begin to remove the scales from their eyes so that they can move forward in you and pursue a real relationship with you, Father. I pray that you'll remove all tradition, religion, and judgment that has haunted them and taunted them, God, causing them to walk in condemnation and shame and guilt. And I pray, God, that they will see the light of your truth and walk in the freedom that you have called us to walk into. Father, I pray that you would deliver them, God, from the struggles, God, that they currently have, Father, so that they can walk in freedom with a clear conscience, Father, in the name of Jesus. Remove the addiction from them. Remove the taste from the mouth. I pray that this episode was the start of them tasting and seeing how good you are, that they would no longer go back to what things used to be, but their eyes would be focused on you for you have created them to be a new creature in this time, God. So I thank you for them establishing new ways. I thank you for giving them a hunger and a thirst to pursue after you, to long after your word, Father, to long to please you, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, purify their hearts even now, God. And I even pray that you would forgive us as the church, Father, for ways that we weren't pleasing to you, God, that we didn't show love to those that needed it the most. Father, purify us now, God. Forgive us and have mercy on your church, Father. I pray right now in the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus over Pastor Roberto and his family and over this whole podcast, Lord. And I pray, God, that any assignment of the enemy will be destroyed and annihilated right now in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for your purpose, God, manifesting in their lives right now in the name of Jesus. May they feel your presence even now, God. Surround them with your angels of protection and surround them with your glory, Father. Continue to complete the work on the inside of them, God, in the name of Jesus. And we thank you and we bless you. And it's in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Did you receive that prayer? It's so important that you receive the prayer, that you not only listen, but you receive it. Receive it in your heart. Let God finish the work in you. Amen. Well, thank you again, Pastor Burke. We're going to continue this conversation next week, so y'all be on the lookout for that. But until then, it is my prayer that you receive the prayer and you receive the message of inspiration from this podcast. And because we serve such a faithful God and we serve such a consistent God, that gives me confidence that you did. And because of that, I can say that I have no doubt that you will surely have a solid Saturday. See you all next time.